This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hi, Snurkbulls. You may already know the bad news. Our live show was postponed, but the good news is that the show has been rescheduled for Sunday, February 26th at 2 p.m. Pacific, and you can still be part of the fun. In-person tickets are completely sold out, but you can buy a ticket to watch the live stream at DynastyTypewriter.com. Cheryl and I can't wait to share our nonsense with you all. So again, the new time is 2 p.m. Pacific on February 26th, and you can get your tickets now at DynastyTypewriter.com for the streaming show. Hey, TK. Hey, Cheryl. Oh. Hey, Cheryl. Hey. <laughs> the enthusiasm oh, is overwhelming. Yeah. We need to curb it. We need to curb it. Uh, TK, we cover a lot of... Uh... Listen, this one is a little racy. Yeah. So if you've got little snark yeah. bowls, you need to cover their eyes. <laughs> cover their eyes. When you listen to this podcast, this episode, <laughs> cover your eyes. Because Cheryl talks about never being nude. Mm, between the two of us, one of us would do a Playboy spread and one of us wouldn't. Uh-huh. You're going to have to listen to and find out. <laughs> find out let's which get one. into it. Let's just get right into it. Ladies and jerks, welcome to Pamela, a love story. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries? Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. Five furious frogs fiddling I am the first ever podcast. And Tig and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Well, hello, Tig. Hello, Cheryl. How are you feeling? Doing a lot better. I had a, another little fun stint in the hospital for th- oh my God. <laughs> three days. I know. I know. <laughs> we were supposed to do our live show, and then it's like, what, I know. Tig? I know. It's so crazy. And I I just I told Stephanie I am one million percent and I've said this before, but I am really never going to step foot in a hospital again Ugh, in my life. They are the worst. And they it's always impossible to get out, isn't it? Once you get in, they they, they do not want to let you go. Yeah, I truly every time I go to the hospital I think I always assume I'm like creating something. What do you I, mean? Like I've had, I've been in the hospital a lot over the years, mm. and um, I just start to think, "Gosh, am I a hypochondriac?" And then it's like, "Well, no, there is something really wrong." Yeah, but it makes me feel a little crazy. Yeah. I think it gets confusing because I work very hard to try and be healthy. Yeah. And then my body just, um, it, it's very sensitive yeah. and things go awry. And uh, and I will show up thinking, okay, well, maybe there's not really anything wrong with me. And I don't know what this is. And then it turns out there is something wrong. And then they're adding days. And I'm like, 
How is this possible? It's hard to get answers, too, in there, I feel like. Mm -hmm. But listen, if our listeners work in the medical field, we thank you for your work. But it's just when, Absolutely. when you're the patient, it's just like, uh, when's, when's the doctor coming? And then they come. I remember I was at the hospital once. They would come at 5 in the morning, and I would be sound asleep, and there's just a group of them around my bed. They're like, uh, Miss Hines, how are you feeling? I'm like, What? Where am I? What is happening? And they're like, all right, we'll see you later. Well, that's the thing is you don't get any rest in hospitals. No. They come in and check your vitals all day That little and cuff night. going so, off all the time. Yeah. No, you don't get any rest. And they're like, you just need to rest. It's like, I would love yeah. to. Yeah, I would love to, please. <laughs> Give me some space, people. Yeah. So... Anyway, uh, but I'm 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 doing better, and uh, you look great. You're <laughs> you do you look great. I don't know if it's your well, concealer and your blush. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's probably it's my rouge and your lip gloss is popping. My rouge. <laughs> I didn't shower, as I told you, no, and it looks so good. I'm having a hard time taking this compliment. But take it, accept um, it. Maybe you just think I look good because I'm not in the hospital. Uh, I don't think so. I think I can okay. distinguish between you looking good and you not so great. And how are you doing, Cheryl? I'm doing great. You look good, too. Thank you. I feel good today. I'm knocking yeah. on wood because things change mm -hmm. in an instant. <laughs> but yeah. today I feel really good. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we just uh, jump in to Pamela? Yeah, let's do it. All right, today we are talking about Pamela, a love story. It's a 2022 documentary directed by Ryan White, featuring interviews mm -hmm. and journal entries. The film explores the life of Pamela Anderson, her career as a model and actress, and her infamous marriage to Tommy Lee. Pamela, mm -hmm. a love story is available to watch on Netflix. Okay, let me ask you this. Did you watch no. the show that they did? No. Oh, okay. No. Okay. I don't watch anything. No, you don't. You barely even watch the documentaries that we set up. I watched this one. Did you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was very much looking forward to watching this. Also, uh, a friend of mine produced this documentary. Oh. Yeah. But I wrote her, and I was like, could you get us <laughs> Pamela Anderson? And she... She wrote me and she said uh, that she's reached out to publicity. So if, if Pamela does grace us with her presence, yes. we'll have to do one of those follow-up episodes yeah. where we just strictly talk to and interview her. But yeah. Hey, Pamela, man, hey. I know she's listening. Hey. Hey. Hello, Pamela. <laughs> Hello, Pamela. Hello. So I watched this. Okay. People are loving this. Did you this. watch the TV series? Yeah. You did? So I, okay. I felt like I knew... A lot of this stuff, and I shouldn't say that because it wasn't an authorized, mm -mm. which is interesting because when I watched it, I kind of thought, oh, I just figured Pamela and what's his, oh, Tommy Lee. I figured that they must have been involved, but I didn't Google yeah. it. <laughs> which, as we all know, Google <laughs> is where all of the answers are to everything. There's no way to know. Mm -hmm. So the documentary begins with Pamela Anderson watching old tapes of her and Tommy Lee and she wonders mm -hmm. if that was her time to be in love and where to find that feeling now I mean I know we've talked about this before like people that just have stacks and stacks of tapes and diaries and yeah, um, yeah. magazine covers and what, yeah. what do you do with all that stuff I have a good chunk of things and I call it my um, time capsule yeah and I love opening my time you capsule do? and sorting through and Ugh. being like, oh my gosh, this and that. <sighs> and then and then I don't feel attached to some things anymore and I get rid of them. And then other things I've forgotten about. And, and you're I like, don't know what oh, that is. somebody's going to be so interested in this one day. <laughs> I look at stuff <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know who's going to be interested in this. So you have some time capsule-y stuff? I have some. You know what? One of my favorite ones, and I've probably told this story before, but one of my... Let's hear it again. <laughs> Let's bluebell this to death. Uh, when I was in, I was going to college at University of Central Florida. I was majoring in television, and Seinfeld was coming 
Have I told you this before? He was coming for our homecoming. I don't know, Cheryl. Um, <laughs> well, re- Bluebell or no Bluebell. <laughs> we you don't know I don't know. listen to you. Yeah. Uh, if you've heard this before, just skip forward. This was before Seinfeld was on, but um, he was a big headliner and he was, and I got an interview with him and I only had like five minutes. Like, I don't think he really wanted to do this interview. And uh, Thomas, I can confirm yeah. without talking to him that he didn't <laughs> want to do that interview. Same. Um, Thomas, have yeah. I told this story before? Uh, you have. I just remembered. But I, please go on. <laughs> and, and just to just to be clear, there's no world where Jerry isn't also sharing this story over and oh, over on repeat. Oh, he in loves his life. this story. Hey, Jerry. <laughs> hey, you know he's listening right now. Oh yeah. Anyway, I only had one camera. I had to set it up in the gym. I only had one camera operator, and but I really wanted a close up of Jerry. You know, Mm. so I had the camera on him the whole time and I'm asking him all these questions and, Mm -hmm. and then he left and then I turned the camera around. Yeah. And then I did all of my questions and my reactions. (laughs) So this poor other student who was the camera operator is just filming me going, (laughs) Jerry, that's (laughs) hilarious. Let me ask you another thing. It was so ridiculous. And so I only mention it because somewhere... Somehow in my house, there's a like a three-quarter VHS of mm-hmm. just Jerry and then just me. <laughs> I'm sure I edited it together at some point, but... Well, I think that you should open your time capsule. Mm, try to find it. Yeah. Anyway, so a, lo- so a lot of this documentary was like we're watching Pamela watch videotapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With her, with her sons, sons, who were so adorable. I was about to say, and I told Stephanie this last night, that even if it's not referenced in this documentary, which it was referenced, that Pamela and Tommy were off the hinges, okay? Yeah. And that is proof that even if people or a couple are not completely living and walking the straight and narrow parental figure roles. Yeah. You can still raise remarkable kids. And I don't know these guys. No. Maybe I have no idea what they're up to. They just seem They seem so so stellar. Rounded and I was tell I know. I was telling Stephanie, I was like, I hope our sons (laughs) Are that cool. I know. And I loved how tight they were with their mother. That they're like, and I guess some people could be like, oh, that's inappropriate to be talking about or looking at footage of that <laughs> type with your parent or your children. But to me, I felt like it was supportive, actually appropriate. Yeah. And it was actually indicative of how close they are. Yeah. That that. Yeah. That it's not taboo. It's not a secret. It's not, nobody's hiding anything. And I think that that's where problems come up in relationships. And when, when there isn't an openness, when there isn't yeah. an acknowledgement of what life was and what life is and what the past was yeah. and people's real stories, that's when it gets convoluted and messy. <laughs> I know, but... <laughs> But their story was so much about wild sex that it's just, it was sort of hilarious at times that the families just gathered around to watch. Of course, there was wild sex stories, but it also mixed in was devastation and love. And and that's really whatever's happening in life. You just want to know what is really happening. Yeah, yeah. What is the truth? Yeah, yeah. And as long as people are communicating and they're connecting, so what? Yeah. It is my feeling. Yeah. And so I was, I, I was telling Stephanie, I was like, you have to watch this movie because <laughs> mainly I just loved how much those boys love their mother. I was and very how much she sweet. loves him, them. And it really was, uh, whatever, I know there's so much more to talk about. No, no, but I always think it's a beautiful reflection on somebody Mm -hmm. when you 
meet their kids and their kids are, yeah. you know, great people. It's like, oh, yeah, wow, you did, yeah. you, you did something right. And I think the something right is the connection, is the communication, yeah, and is the not honesty. hiding. Yeah. Yeah, is the honesty. Yeah. And that's what it seems was done right. Yeah. That being said, there were moments when I was like, mm, I don't think of course. my kids would want to be gathered around um watching some of this but they but they did they but you're right because that's that's what they grew up with and that's who their parents are and that's like, who their parents are that's what it was and there were no secrets yeah. look if if i had a whole documentary of every moment of my life your love making <laughs> my <laughs> love making <laughs> would you gather the oh family my around gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. So listen. So it we starts out. We have to take out. a break. Oh, no. Come and on. I just said it Cheryl, starts Cheryl, it ha- I know, oh, but my. it's this is bad. Cheryl. Okay. You're always reading the outline, and then Thomas. It, I, you know, I feel like Thomas is to blame. I feel like he waits till your head goes down <laughs> to read, and then, and then he, he lifts. <laughs> I found that this must be the case. So we have to take a break, and we will be right back to discuss... Pamela? Pamela, a love story. Yes. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And we are back on Tig and Cheryl True True Story Story to talk about... Pamela, a love story. Okay, so I was just about to launch in. I mean, people don't know anything yet because it doesn't matter. Anyway. Well, and people won't know anything (laughs) by the end of this episode. We discuss this every week. And some of our reviews are like, somehow I know less about this topic (laughs) than before they started. (laughs) Okay, so so it starts out with Pamela, and she's riding around on a lawnmower. On a tractor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, around the yard of her childhood home in Ladysmith, British Columbia, Canada. I forgot mm-hmm. she was Canadian. I mean, I don't know well, that I forgot. I don't know that I ever knew it. Well, I knew it. Oh. And I forgot. Oh, okay. <laughs> and now I'll never forget it. Uh-huh. Okay. And she's back in Ladysmith. Mm-hmm. That's where she grew up. And it was a small place. And her parents were very, I mean, the way she described them, they would fight sounds like Mm -hmm. they would physically fight and then the next minute they were making out on the table yeah so this clearly runs in the family (laughs) it's a it's a love style (laughs) yeah it's 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 a love style Uh of uh a fighting and a biting and then (laughs) and then a lot of kissing making out yeah yeah, that's a lot of my national headlines. Lot. I, and you know, yeah. And I don't know if you're going to bring this up or not, but what I also loved about the documentary was the fact that she had absolutely no makeup on. I know. We should talk about it. It was yeah. really interesting and seemed brave. I, I mean, that's hilarious that it calls for bravery well, to not wear makeup. I do it every day. Well, I'm one of the bravest very people brave. alive. But I mean her whole her whole identity has been that made up face and her of course her body. It's interesting when you first see her you're like, "Whoa, this is the first time yeah. I've ever seen her face." Yeah, I was into it and I kept thinking, "Oh, 
I bet this is just this one Shot. little moment. Me and too. Then, and then it's not. It's she not. didn't have a stitch of makeup yeah. on. She's freckles. Yeah, and her clothes are not form-fitting. No, they're like flowy white dresses. Yeah. But I was into it because it's like, this is, of course, if you're going to get as vulnerable and open as she is, mm-hmm. I, I just thought it was such a great decision. Yeah, I did too. To, to go with that. I did too. It's it's fun to see her. <laughs> it's yeah. such a stupid thing to say. It's fun to see her without makeup. But it is. There's something, uh, yeah, where you're like, well, yeah, she's just she's a person. Exactly. Because for so long, she was this larger-than-life character. It's interesting to be just coming off of the Dolly Parton documentary where right. we also discussed how people that knew her for years and considered themselves close to her never saw her without all of her makeup and fully pulled together. Yeah. Dress and with that the wig. would be interesting. I know to see. that's what I was hoping Doll- with yeah. Dolly. I just wanted to see her like in jeans and a t shirt and her hair. But that's what's so incredible about Pam, the Pamela, Pamela doc is they gave you that, they gave us that. Yeah, and she was fully, very, she's very forthcoming and um open, and, and it's really it's great to watch. Um, mm-hmm. and it's you know, she has a sad childhood. She said she was molested by her babysitter for years. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it starts out with her talking about this and saying that she she was so mad at the babysitter that she hoped she'd die. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, the babysitter died in a car accident. And she spent a lot of yeah. time thinking, oh my God, I somehow have something to do with it. Yeah. Which of course, that's not how the universe works. Some people think it is. Well, it's, uh, feelings aren't facts. That's right. But Google is. <laughs> Google. Google is so perfect. Mm-hmm. She was always drawn to bad boys. <laughs> she said, you and me both, Pamela. <laughs> you and me both. Her first boyfriend pushed her out of a moving car and tried to run her over. That is a red flag. Yeah, well, she didn't stay with him. No, but she moved on to other bad boys. Yeah, I think that's what that's what it is. Like, yeah, yeah. For me, that would be like, whoa, uh, note to mm-hmm. self. Maybe not the bad boys because they're rough. And I'm generalizing. I'm sure there are some bad boys out there that are lovely, mm-hmm. like Mr. Thomas. But it would have hurt anyone's feeling like Thomas. <laughs> And after graduating, she moved to Vancouver, which was a big deal. Her mom was Mm -hmm. very worried, like, don't ever go get off this island because it's crazy out there. Well, and I loved that moment where she said that her mother was worried and said, well, it's connected to all the other land. Right. Because she said something about Texas or something. And she she was like, I'm not going to Texas. And she goes, I know, but it's all connected. It's all connected. (laughs) It's like so oh. the mother who's in a little on a little island. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and then when she was she moved to Vancouver with her boyfriend, mm-hmm. and then she found out he was having an affair. Do you want to hear a mm. clip of how how she found out he was having an affair? Yeah. Okay. Then eventually I met somebody. I moved in with him, and he was having an affair with somebody. When you see your boyfriend washing his penis in the sink, that's a sign that. They're probably having an affair. And I wrote down, washing penis in the sink. Suspicious. (laughs) Looking back, it's funny. In the moment, you're horrified. Um, yeah, she saw him washing his penis in a sink. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) It's interesting because I don't know that I would go directly to an affair. I would be like, holy balls, what happened to your penis? Or would yeah. you be like, mm, okay, one and one is two. I got this. You're having an affair. I mean, I would definitely, it wouldn't be a good sign. <laughs> it's not a, it is not a good sign when you walk in and your but boyfriend. But to be fair, yeah. as a gay person, yeah. I if I were with a man, I would want him to wash that thing off all the time Mm. yeah i would just be like if 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 there was a day that went by that he was not scrubbing that in a sink (laughs) i would that's when you're probably that's when you'll be like wait what's going on yeah yeah i'd be like why aren't you 
scrubbing that in the sink. I like that. That's so much worse than a vagina. Is it? No. Well, feel like I'm, it's foreign to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I know they're out there. Penises? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And balls. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's another those story. Are, that is a whole other story. That's another ball you of wax. You like those. I don't like them. I don't, you know, they're fine. can't help it that's part of their they're not attractive by any means there's got to be some people that are like those those i love those are those are really got some nice yeah scrot sex yeah i don't know that those words have ever come out of anybody's mouth okay we really we really got on a anyway listen this is a comedy podcast (laughs) if you're first joining us um not hard hitting <laughs> just uh, in fact my co-host just snorted i did and i i, yeah. reg- I regret it immediately um mm. okay so okay the penis in the sink um she i guess she broke up with him yeah so then she goes to a football game and she's a beautiful woman of course and she was a beautiful mm-hmm. i don't know how old she was 18 19 and she was they flashed her picture on the jumbotron mm-hmm. and she was after that labat beer mm-hmm. people went crazy just seeing her and then the beer company contacted her and asked her if she wanted to do a commercial and then everybody fell in love with her and they they all called her the blue zone girl <laughs> now <laughs> I don't know why doesn't this happen to me <laughs> How come? Have you when worn I'm a beer? Fam- a cut-off well, beer shirt. R- regardless, you could put me in anything. Yeah, just a ima- like you don't. You just use your imagination. Yeah. Put me in a beer T-shirt. Yeah. Put me in whatever you want to put me in. Flash your face on the jumbotron. Right. Why, when my face has appeared yeah. on a jumbotron, yeah. when I'm at a game with my my sons watching yeah. baseball? Yeah. Why isn't my phone ringing? Mm. Why is there no product that needs? Uh, that an exhausted, that. sickly lesbian. Uh, As their spokesperson. <laughs> over 50. Yeah. Why? What is the product that calls for my face? You know, it's out there. You know? It's out there. And I. But what is I it? I don't like, have an no, answer for you right now. sickly, titless uh, <laughs> lesbian. God. Something that has a lot of caffeine in it, I would think. No, I don't drink caffeine. Oh, maybe that's the problem. I don't know, but I would I would like my jumbotron moment. You, you're gonna you. have it. You're gonna get it. Thank and you. so from Thank there, you. Pamela gets a call from Playboy to be mm. on the cover of the October '89 edition. Again, where's my call? <laughs> Are you dying where's to do a call? Playboy spread? I would do Playboy. I you honestly, would? when I first had yeah, after I had cancer, I thought that would be so cool. If they took pictures of me with a double mastectomy, and it is something actually my reps pursued, and it was a hard pass. Oh, <laughs> well. <laughs> They're like, no, thank you. Okay. No, thank so you. Playboy is not looking for that. Okay. And nor is Labatt's. I just. Labatt's is whatever. not looking for that. You're going to find, you're no. going to find the thing. We're going to find the thing. It, I guess if you think in terms of, Whatever somebody might use Yoda for, <laughs> come on, to sell a product is on. what they might. We have come to take on. a break, oh, and we no. will be back on Tig and Cheryl True, True Story. Story. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back okay. on Tig and Cheryl True Story, talking about Pamela, a love story. Great documentary. She gets to the Playboy mansion Mm -hmm. and there are posters of naked women on the walls and everyone's partying and they dye her hair bright blonde and she talks about she always wished that she was beautiful as a young girl and she remembers seeing the women in her dad's playboy magazines and admiring the other kids at school and she felt ashamed of her body and she thought that Mm -hmm. that was tied into her abuse you know, mm-hmm. which, of course, makes a lot of sense. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Okay. And she also says that she was raped by a 25-year-old when she was 12, and she was staying at her friend's condo, and she didn't tell anyone. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that that those are um, traumatic experiences that could definitely shape the way you think about your body and your sexuality. Life and and also when people are abusive and you don't feel like you have the power or mm. control to do anything about it, yeah, even yeah. confront people think, to say anything to tell anybody, of course, yeah, yeah. And obviously, even if you say something, sometimes there's still a force that you are, you know, fighting against. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the things that enrages me the most it's like when people have that are have gotten in trouble for assault or harassment or and and people's response is sometimes like well why didn't the girl just walk out of the room when the guy pulled his pants down it's like well first of all why are you even asking that question second of all if somebody has a history of trauma and abuse right they might be freezing up yeah they're not feeling empowered in any way whatsoever yeah Yeah. Yeah. and how dare you say something so casual as why not just walk out or say something make a joke make fun of them it's like you shut your face yeah that's not how it works no no. And what's interesting about Pamela is so she she has all all these issues and these ideas about her body and who she is and then when she started doing the photo shoots for Playboy somehow that was very freeing to her and she just loved mm-hmm. being naked and taking pictures and she felt like she was good at it which she mm-hmm. was. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I feel like if Labatt's or, you know, some other company, Playboy, yeah. like if they, re- I don't think they would get a comfortable photo shoot with me. Like, say <laughs> I was on the Jumbotron and I got discovered. Yeah. Even now, when I'm fully clothed on a red carpet, yeah. it is the most Painful. awkward thing you've ever seen in your to life. To pose for pictures. Oh, my God. Get it's like, Tig, over here, there. blow us a kiss. Did they ever say yeah, that to you? I'm like, <laughs> No, no, no! Say that to me. Blow us a kiss over the shoulder. No, they don't say over the shoulder. This is what they do. They go tig over tig. Look over here, please. One more time, just one second. It's like they hate me because I just you don't give them anything. You don't give them anything. Please get me out of here. You don't blow them a kiss. You don't give them an over the shoulder. Maybe I'll start blowing kisses over my shoulder. I think it's too late. I think you've taken a turn, and then now you're just going to look <laughs> insane. But it's worth a try. It's worth a yeah, try. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then at one point, Marilyn Grabowski asked Pamela to st- stay in L.A. and be a playmate for Hefner. Mm-hmm. And her mom says, yeah, you should. I didn't Go do Playboy it. because nobody ever asked me. Mm-hmm. Would you do Playboy or would you have ever done Playboy? I'm not. I, I'm i kind of a never nude. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't enjoy 
romping around nude by myself, <laughs> much less in front of people. So I. So when you're home alone, you're I'm like not, I'm not ironing naked, or I'm not. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. E- I'm yeah. not even in my underwear. I need some coverage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe Playboy could about put out a coverage <laughs> issue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I maybe, yeah. It's, where where you're doing like sexy poses and kissing over your shoulder, but you're and it's fully neck. covered. Yeah, my turtleneck yeah. and my my corduroys. Snow and pants. it's like, hey, yeah. hey, everybody, <laughs> hey, girl, hey. Imagine what's under this. Don't even think about it. Don't you know what? Don't even think about it. <laughs> don't don't think about it. Um. Okay. So so she's really you know she's coming into her own, if you will. She seems very at home. I didn't mm-hmm. really go into the playmate of it all. That's always yeah. Uh, uh, well, she has more interesting yeah, stuff she going has more on interesting than stuff. just yeah. Then she gets a call from Baywatch. They <laughs> called her eleven times. They wanted her to audition for the show, and she was. She said, "You know, that was too intimidating, and they wanted me to go to Marina Del Rey, which is a town in L.A." On on yeah. the beach, it's not that far away. <laughs> it's like yeah. people live in Marina Del Rey and work in downtown LA. It's, like, <laughs> but she she thought it was too intimidating to drive to Marina Del Rey, and then she finally shows up for an audition. They cast her. It becomes the number one show worldwide. Did you ever watch that? I didn't. Did you? Yeah. You did. <laughs> Do you? Do I think that you watched? Do you imagine there's a day that I'm like, I can't hang out. I'm watching Baywatch. I don't even know when Baywatch was on. I'm, I must have been doing some. I mean, listen, Baywatch was not known for its. Uh, I mean, it was only known. For, <laughs> it wasn't known for the car- the stories. Look, I lived in California. Yeah. I could just. Go to the beach yeah. and watch people run around. In I don't need to. Suit. You didn't need to tune in. I, I didn't need to sit at home and watch people run around on a beach that's right down the street, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so she becomes a superstar. She mm-hmm. dates Scott Bayo. It feels like he's the first stop for everyone. The Scott Bayo stop. It's like, y- yeah, it feels I'm famous. Like you become, I gotta yeah, I'm going to date Scott Bayo. Yeah, it, it, he feels like the. That the was, entrance. That was the, the easy entrance point. Mm, the gateway drug. He's the gateway drug. Yeah. Not he's anymore. not anymore. No. No. He's not the person where when you get famous, you go date Scott Bayo. No. But he feels like somebody, when you watch these documentaries, as soon as somebody gets to town, that, their first boyfriend is Scott Bayo. No, you know who it is now is um, Pete um, Davidson. Davidson. Doesn't it seem mm-hmm. like that? Yeah, but he also dates people that have been in Hollywood for a long time. That's true. It, 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 he feels like he dates the top established, level, yeah. already established. Where, yeah, who is Who's who is that? who is the person? Is it me? It's you. People yeah. come to town. They get yeah. one show, something like Baywatch, and the next thing mm. I know, there you are with Dating them. Tig <laughs> At the, uh, I'm trying to think of one nightclub. I can't think of one in town. Where would you go with your um, hot date? To the Viper Room? Do people still go to the Viper Room? I don't know. I don't <laughs> even know where that is. Thomas, do people go to the Viper Room? Is it still open? You we don't. Thomas, Thomas hangs out at the Viper Room? <laughs> Thomas doesn't know. I go to coffee shop. Thomas <laughs> is such a bad boy. You go to a coffee shop? I go to coffee shops. In your khakis. Okay. Uh, So then she starts dating Kelly Slater. And then she meets Tommy Lee at a New Year's Eve Mm -hmm. party in 1994. They drank Goldschlager. By the way, Goldschlager. I don't even know what that is. Come on. It's a... I don't. It's a schnapps that has gold flakes in it, which is weird. Everything about that is weird. Well, I would say the more obvious weirdness is... The word schlager <laughs> is schlager. Gold schlager. I'm I'm home sipping my schlager. My gold schlager. But by the way, that was huge. Gold schlager was 
huge. I don't even know if they make that when? anymore. In 1994, I had my <laughs> listen. I had my fair share of Goldschlager. <laughs> And it felt very fancy. I have never had a sip of Goldschlager, and I look like I grew up at the same time as Yoda. <laughs> I am curious if they even make it anymore. And it's mm. like, uh, what's the There's other no one? There's no way to know. There's no way to know. What's the other yeah. awful one that people drink, Thomas? Jägermeister. Jägermeister. I've heard of that. <laughs> you are so <laughs> wild. Okay. Anyway, she goes to Cancun for a photo shoot. He says, I'm going to go and find you there. And he does. Mm-hmm. They see each mm-hmm. other at a nightclub. They take ecstasy at La Boom. That's <laughs> 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 the nightclub. It's La Boom. And uh, the next day, they got married on the beach. And their wedding party Classic was... Classic love story. <laughs> she Hopped was... up on Goldschlager. <laughs> she was in... A bikini. He was in his shorts, and um, and it was sad because she was dating Kelly Slater at the time, and she had to call him and say, you know, not only are we, do I need to break up with you, but I just got married. That's that's a tough call. Yeah. Pamela also thought that um, Tommy's full name was Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> I think we thought <laughs> we thought Tommy. Remember that episode we did a couple of years yes. ago where we thought Tommy Lee Jones was, was Tommy, Tommy Lee. Lee, and it was like, yeah. "Wow, <laughs> <laughs> this must be a common issue." It's got to be. So I like that he's like, "No, actually, my name is not Tommy Lee Jones," because she yeah. said, "What's our what's a my last name now?" And he said, "Lee," and she said, "Oh, Tommy, is it Lee Jones?" And she was like, "He was like, no." <laughs> I'm not Tommy Lee Jones. But this is Pamela what she Jones. finds out after they get married. Okay. So now everybody's going crazy because these two are married. And what what band was he in? Uh, Motley Crue. Motley Crue. Okay. So people are going crazy about it. And they are, you know, these two, they seem to be enjoying the moment. Yeah, oh, the uh, limelight. The pre- in the spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The sex. Super sexy. And they're like... You know, a lot of tongue on the red carpet. Cheek and yeah, you name licking it. each other's faces. Yeah, that's what and... they want to see on the red carpet, Tig. They don't want to see you like <laughs> just going Awkwardly. down the carpet giving them nothing. These guys were given, <laughs> giving the people what they wanted. Well, the other night, uh, yeah. here comes a braggadocious blurt, Ooh, but I'm um, getting ready. Thomas was with me at my uh, premiere of the Netflix hit movie, Your Place or Mine. And Thomas was walking behind uh, the photographers yelling, Tig, look over here, Tig. <laughs> and I was, he and a, a gaggle of other people, and I was like, please keep doing that. That's actually helpful for me because it was making me laugh so hard. Well, that is a braggadocious, braggadocious alert that you just started a movie. Number one movie in 63 countries around oh, the world. Shit balls! I need to see it. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't had time. So now uh, they're married and she's doing the film Barbed Wire and she mm. finds out she's pregnant and then she sadly has a miscarriage and she gets through the barbed wire shoot and mm-hmm. everything seems to be, you know, back on track and she gets pregnant again and she has Brandon Lee, mm-hmm. who's so sweet. Yeah. And Pamela and Tommy have a safe in their garage that gets stolen during the mm-hmm. construction that's being done on their home. And then a couple of weeks later, they receive a tape in the mail with footage of them having sex. Yeah, why did somebody send the tape back to them? That's what I didn't understand. There are a few things that I don't understand about it. I guess they were mm-hmm. extorting. Uh-huh. When they sent the tape, was there something that said, give us $2 million and you can have your tape back? Or we don't know. I don't know. I didn't and understand. There's no way to know. The tape gets yeah. mass produced and sold worldwide. And on the first night out after having Brandon, they fought with the paparazzi and Tommy got pepper sprayed. Mm -hmm. It was just a mess. You know, it was just. And there was definitely a big legal dispute over this 
tape and their right to privacy. And, you know, people were selling the tape of them having sex and they're not, they didn't have their permission and they also weren't giving them any money. Although they did offer $5 million, but they didn't want the money. They wanted the tape back. Right. What about you? Would you take the five mil or would you be like, give me the tape? Well, I would, I mean, $5 million is a lot of money. I never saw the sex tape. Did you see the sex tape? No. No. (laughs) No. I remember it going around at the time. I heard about it, but I wasn't like, how do I get my hands on somebody's sex tape? But I'm asking you. would I take? Would you take the five mil? Well, of course I would want the tape back. Right, but you have to choose. Do you want the tape back or do you want the five mil, Cheryl? I want the tape back. But if the question is, it's going to go out anyway? Okay, what if you could stop it? Would you stop it or would you be like, eh, send it to the press? Well, you're talking to a never nude. <laughs> if, I, if I were, if I you're were talking pa- to a never nude. If I were Pamela and Tommy, it's hard because their whole identity was about super charged up sex and free with their mm. bodies. And that was their whole, um, seemed to be anyway, their whole. And yeah. of course, that's not the same as having well. That's what she was talking intimacy about with, is, with your husband. Yeah. Well, she was saying, you know, when they were upset about it, and people's response was like, "Why do you care? You were in Playboy. Right. You dress like this. You do this. Right. You were in this." And it's like, well, she that was consensual, right? This is not. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, how about you? <laughs> do you want the tape back, or do you want the five million dollars? Well, I don't know that anybody would be circulating my tape. Let's say they were. Let's say people are going crazy. They're not going to. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's going to circulate. Then somebody's going to be like, oh, God, look what's on this tape. Oh, Jesus. And then they would just like tape over it with um, blippy or something. Blippy? What's blippy? That's like a children's show. They they would just be like, "Uh, no. We can use this tape. Okay. So now she's fighting in court and um, yeah, people are being very disrespectful and rude and mean and it was stressful. And then she was pregnant with her second child and she just decided she didn't want to fight anymore. Yeah. I didn't, honestly, I didn't even remember that there was like the fall i didn't even know what was yeah. the fallout with her and tommy i didn't know he had like been abusive i didn't know he went to jail yeah. i didn't i didn't know any of that yeah tommy now she's she's working on baywatch she's got the kids mm-hmm. tommy's be getting more and more jealous he would just go yeah. to baywatch and mm-hmm. watch her and then she ha- you know she she had a kissing scene with um david chokachi I don't know who that he's is. He's really cute. He's a he's a friend. And oh. he's a love <laughs> Braggadocious alert. <laughs> and um it was just it was just it was it was all getting worse and worse. And then yeah, she calls nine one one. Tommy attacked her while she was holding her six week old. And then they arrested Tommy. And she filed for divorce. Mm-hmm. Then she started working with PETA and, you know, she felt empowered, like, using her body to do PETA ads, you know, where she was wearing nothing but lettuce cups. A leaf. <laughs> yeah. You know, what? It's, it's funny because uh, a few years ago, Stephanie and I, you know, it's no secret, we're vegan as well. Mm-hmm. And um, we were at a PETA event and... Stephanie reminded me recently, we were standing next to Pamela and Tommy. Braggadocious alert! (laughs) It was Paul McCartney was live in concert at some venue. And actually, Thomas was my assistant at the time. And Thomas, remember when I had sent you out to get me some nice, fancy vegan dress-up shoes? It was for that event. Mm. And um, what's odd is that, I can't believe I'm going to say this, I don't remember... Pamela being there. I remember mm. Tommy being mm. there. But this was after they were apart. Mm. So I wonder if she was there. Because I I for sure saw him. But we were standing in a crowd. 
uh, watching Paul McCartney. It seemed like I would remember Pamela It does. Anderson you know, there. I worked with Pamela mm-hmm. <laughs> on... um <laughs> alert! And I, and I use the term worked with loosely. Mm-hmm. We were on match game together. She was very, very sweet. She was she was really nice. Very down to earth and like, you know, I actually have a picture. I have a picture that I'll put on put on social mm-hmm. media. I know you guys will go crazy for it. They will. They will. The snark bulls want to see yeah. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting because when in this documentary, when she's watching these tapes with Dylan and Brandon, you know, Brandon said that he wishes that she would have monetized the tape. Because she mm-hmm. could have made money from it. Apparently, she's not great with money. She says she's not great with money. Right. Which I thought was interesting, too. Like, it's weird. I would just think that she would have all the money in the world. Well, yeah. And what about her from even divorces? I Wouldn't know. she have gotten some cash? She married Chris Rock. She married Chris Rock? <laughs> I mean, Kid Rock. <laughs> Oh my God, Cheryl! <laughs> Those are the, nobody can rely on this podcast. We are so misinformed. Please take that out. I know Thomas no. won't. He never edits anything out. But I wish because I said it with such <laughs> conviction too. I know. I was like, you were really? like, she he... married Chris Rock. I don't remember that. Sorry, a Kid yeah. Rock. Kid Rock. <laughs> um, she moved to Detroit. I don't think they were married for very long. Um, it doesn't seem like she probably had long marriages. No, I don't think anybody. so. Cause she's, she's had a lot of marriages. Mm-hmm. And then she married a poker player named Rick Solomon. Mm-hmm. And then he had a drug issue. Yeah. She found his crack pipe in the Christmas tree. I mean, I don't know a lot about crack, but why... <laughs> why, why, why does it go it... in the Christmas tree? It was odd to me, too, because she kept saying in the Christmas tree, which is like... Yeah. Like on a branch? On a branch in the tree? Anyway. Anyway. Pamela, uh, let us know. If you could, yeah, <laughs> you reach could let out, us know let the us details know. On, on that. Yeah, that's our one question. <laughs> Crack pipe in the Christmas tree. Okay, go ahead. And then interestingly enough, Rick Solomon got sober, I think, and mm-hmm. then they mm-hmm. remarried, right? Yep. And then they barely, and then they got divorced again. Yeah. Then she married. Oh, who's Dan? Was he the Canadian? Oh, was he the Canadian? Oh, okay. On her house. So now, yeah. So this is recently. Yeah, she's like, oh, I'll marry this regular guy from Canada. Yep. Have a normal. She didn't really say why, mm-hmm. did she? Say why they got divorced? None of our business. Well, yeah. she did a documentary. Okay, so it's really our business, <laughs> but I would I would imagine, you know, I think a lot of people do that where they they go, oh, I've gone down this road, I've done this a million times. This is a road I've never been down. I'm going to just go for the the safe, comfortable, good, what seems like a norm option. seems like a normal yeah. life. Yeah, but that didn't. But then stick. I would imagine that. She was feels restless. like watching a clock. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. She was used to, listen, she's used to, you know. Tommy Lee. Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones. Jones. And Chris Rock. <laughs> Chris Rock. It's hard to find a normal guy after those two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Hulu released Pam and Tommy. And then that mm. was very painful to Pamela. And she feels like she's now reliving that traumatic time all over again. And now she's feeling restless because she's moved to Canada to her the property that she grew up on. Yeah. And her mom is there and and then she gets an offer to be on Broadway in Chicago. Now, Cheryl, if we can just take a moment here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, but um <gasps> a while back oh. I had teased that I had gotten an offer yes. to do something. And it was to be in Chicago opposite Pamela Anderson. Oh, I was going to be. Alert. <laughs> I was asked to be Billy Flynn, oh, and they my. were, you know, offering to give me dancing and singing lessons. And it was really interesting to watch Pamela get that as well. 
And I was so bummed because my, I remember Stephanie saying, if you take this job, you have to commit wholeheartedly to dancing and singing. Mm. You have to learn how to do those things one million percent. You cannot walk out on a Broadway stage Mm -mm. tongue in cheek or half-assing it. That's true. The people are there. Even if you are like a stunt casting moment to open a Broadway play, you have to walk out on the stage and give one million percent. That's true. It's not cool. That's true. If you don't. And and when she said that to me, I because I would have been like, oh, I'll just you know, I'll be I'll Billy do Flynn the best I can. Yeah. And I'll just hey, everybody, I'm trying my best. Be funny, uh-huh. yeah. But when she said that, because Stephanie is such a Broadway and musical kind of gal, yeah. When she said that to me, I was like, she's so right. And she said, if you do not have the time in your schedule to devote, yeah, all of your efforts, yeah. then you need to pass on this. And I was like. Damn it! She scared you straight. She did, but like that was the that was the play. I mean, yeah. oh my god, that's so crazy. That wasn't that long ago. I know, and so I'm watching this documentary, going, "Oh my god!" Oh. I mean, I guess I could have maybe been in this documentary, but <laughs> I was watching it, thinking she probably doesn't know this. She might not even know who I am on this planet. Oh, she but knows. I was Pamela knows. This. Hey, Pamela. Hey, I don't know. We'll see. I don't we'll know. We'll see what she But calls I was in. watching this going, this is insane. That is so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That is really funny. Well, Pamela did it. And mm-hmm. she she did what you were saying, what Stephanie was saying. Like she gave it 100% and she yeah. did the dancing and the singing and she worked really mm-hmm. hard and she got yeah. great reviews and the yeah. audience loved her and it's awesome. Yeah. And so Pamela says that she doesn't feel like she's a victim. And she's mm-hmm. glad that her life happened the way it did. Mm-hmm. And she feels like she puts herself in crazy situations and she found a way to survive them. And when mm-hmm. you were watching this, I mean, she said in so many words, right, that like she thinks Tommy Lee was the love of her life and she'll never find love like that. It seems way more connected to her children. Yeah. That, oh, um, right. The father she was of her children. With this, yeah. That that like she was with this man who is the father of her children. This is my understanding. Yeah. That she feels like that that was her one real chance, and that that that's the unit that was supposed to work in her life. Mm. And because it didn't work, that she can't find it elsewhere. Mm. I understand what she's saying. I think she will find somebody. Yeah. I do think, I think that that can't be everyone's one chance. I do imagine there's somebody that will understand and appreciate Pamela. Who she really and, is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I believe that. Yeah. So that's the story of that's Pamela. That. I really enjoyed it. Are you ready for some final thoughts, Tig? Yes. It's time for Happily Ever After Thoughts, where we give our final thoughts on this week's documentary. Did you cry? I did not. Did you? No, I didn't cry. Who were you attracted to? I mean, there were a lot of attractive was... people in this documentary. This is not... Yeah. This is... I'm not even going to name a documentary where there are unattractive people, but this is... This is... <laughs> yeah, there are some documentaries <laughs> There are some that it's, it's real to tough to find, even one. Yeah. I would say probably Pamela. Yeah, she's an attractive lady. I'm going to have to say, and it's awkward because we're friends, <laughs> David Chokichi. He's David, so cute. did you hear he, that? He, he's just very cute. <laughs> Her sons are also so cute. They're so cute. And then, I, again, when I was talking about the documentary to Stephanie, she was like, Tommy Lee is so cute. And I was like, yeah, duh. That's like, I that's know, the thing. That's the problem. He is like, yeah, yeah. There were times in it when he was so cute. And then other times when you're like, yeah. ooh, what the hell? Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's time for True Story Talk Back. Is there anything you'd like to say? Yeah, I want to reiterate what I yeah. said before. Pamela, yeah. if you're listening, she and of is, course she of course. is. Hey, I mean, Pamela, who hey. isn't listening to this podcast? Hey, Tommy hey, Lee. Hey. Hey. hey, Tommy Lee Jones. There, hey. 
is someone out there for mm-hmm. you. One million percent. And it's not going to be who you imagine. Mm. It's not. It's just, mm. it's not. It, you know, I worked with Stephanie on a movie. I didn't know that was my wife mm-hmm. a, a couple of years down the road. The best is yet to come, Pamela. Yeah. What's your talk back? That was it. The best is yet to come, mm-hmm. Pamela. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, whew, that is all for this week's episode. Next week, we'll be talking about Ask Dr. Ruth on Hulu. Tig, before we go, would you like to read some true fan mail? Yes, please. Nick writes, hey, Nick, hey. Hey, Nick, hey. Hey, Tig and Cheryl, hey. Following the end of my long-term relationship last year, I'm finally trying to put myself back out there and date again after thinking I had found my life partner at last. Dating apps are a total hellscape. (laughs) I never even heard of that word, but I like it. Trying to connect in the digital darkness with so little to go on and so, so, so many dead ends and wrong turns. So there I am, and I find a great profile of someone attractive, and in the description, amongst the long list of common interests we excitedly happen to share, they write, Pibit. No way. (laughs) Pivot, I think, could this be a little sign from the universe? On top of all these other great things, we both share a love of Tig and Cheryl. I summon up the courage and send a note. Hey there, how's it going? And get an instant response. Great, how are you? Okay, we're on. We're live. This is happening. Now it's time to turn on the charm with a little humor and prove I'm also a big true story fan. Without skipping a beat, I write... I'm well, thanks. Great profile. Pibit, huh? Like <laughs> like Pibit over a couple of tart meanies? No national headlines on the first date. Ha ha. <laughs> oh my God. And hit send right away. Smiling in the delight of making a connection over our shared love of Tig and Cheryl, no less. I could just imagine our romantic future playing the latest episode on Monday evenings while we cook dinner together <laughs> at the end of a long day both having delayed the urge to listen so we can share the laughter. Agonizing. I'm so scared to read the rest of this. Get to it. Agonizing minutes go by before it finally, in painful obviousness, dawns on me. Maybe Pibe is a little more common than I thought. The embarrassment sinks in, my cheeks flush, and I sit there waiting. I write again in an attempt to save face. Don't know if you meant Pibit, like Tig and Cheryl always say on the podcast. If you're familiar with it, <laughs> oh my God, this is turning into I'm I'm getting flop so sweat just reading it. I can see their profile remains online, but a full and very slow 15 minutes go by before I finally receive a brief and conclusive. Play it by ear. Have a great day. I burst out laughing, imagining what on earth this person could have thought I meant by (gasps) private over a couple of tart meanies, no national headlines. (laughs) And I consoled myself with the saving grace that, at least on top of it all, I hadn't also added to it by calling them a snurkful. Oh my God. Well, hey, single life, hey. Sigh. If he had written back saying, scram clown. That is the saddest. Oh, my God. That really made me laugh. Oh, oh no. Boy. Oh, just the glee of writing no national headlines on the first date. <laughs> there's just silence. Oh, boy. Okay. Listen, that's going to do it for today. Ooh, that made my cheeks hurt. Oh, that made my cheeks hurt. Okay, I got to relax. Tig, is there anything that you would like to promote? Uh, sure, Cheryl. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm i in two new movies this oh, month uh, on, Netflix. <laughs> on Netflix. Your Place or Mine with mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that's already out. And uh, again, number one in 63 countries around the world. Well, and then... Um, Raggedocious alert. 
another movie coming out on February 24th called We Have a Ghost with David Harbour Mm. from Stranger Things Mm. and Jennifer Coolidge Mm. and Anthony Mackie, a whole gaggle of people. I also have a few extra tour dates that have been added uh, to my website uh, because I'm preparing to record my next stand-up special. Oh, exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I mean, my stuff is the same. It's a, we don't Curb we need enthusiasm and stuff. <laughs> We're shooting. I'm in the middle of shooting another season of Curb, but it's not out yet. Well, but you can watch other yeah. other stuff on HBO. Okay. And just to remind our listeners that yeah. there is a little Tig and Cheryl nod in the first line, my first line of your place or mine. Ooh. So watch that on netflix and write in if you catch the tig and cheryl nod that i riffed solely for our our oh that's so nice okay good all right that's fantastic okay well should we do it again yeah let's do it again Tig and Cheryl True Story is hosted by me, Cheryl Hines, and Tig Notaro. It's produced by Thomas Willett, audio engineered and edited by Thomas Willett, with production assistance from Bobby Pearson. Music by David Sesson. Special thanks to Gabi Kobasich, Patrick McDonald, and Stephanie Allen. Follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. You can email us at Tig and Cheryl True Story at gmail.com. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>